Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. I'm excited this morning as we continue to move through our Dangerous Dealing series. So uh, we're on our week three, and the last two Sundays, the first Sunday, we talked about the danger of discouragement. You know, that discouragement is a season. It, it, it should be not a continual part of life, but it should be just a season of setback, of difficulty, um, to where we're discouraged and then we get out of it. Then the week, last week we looked at dealing with the loss of a loved one, dealing with death. We all experience that. It's hard. It's, it's painful. Um, it leaves behind scars, but nonetheless, there are ways to deal with these dangerous dealings. And then today we're going to jump in uh, and we're going to look at the, uh, the dangerous dealing of distraction. So distraction we know also can really cause us to not get to the place maybe that God wants us to because we're what? Distracted. We're not focusing on what he wants us to focus on and maybe we're missing where he's wanting us to go. So the definition of distraction, it is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Now, I know a lot of times multitasking is seen as a positive thing. I probably multitask every day of my life, uh, probably maybe more subdividing of multitask than I should. Um, but multitasking, doing different things at, at, at one time is, is a positive outlook thing, maybe in the business world or in, in depending on what you do for, for your career. Even as a mom, how many moms multitask? Like, do you turn off the multitask function? Probably not, right? But when we talk about distraction, distraction is not necessarily just looking at all of the things you're doing, but it's causing our attention to focus on something other than what we should really be focusing on. And when we're distracted, we don't have the ability to focus on what is truly important in the moment. We, we don't have the, the bandwidth to focus on what it is maybe that the Lord wants us to see. So, um... This distraction causes us to turn our focus away from what it is that we should actually be focusing on. So distractions, they can also be very dangerous, dangerous practically. So think about this for a moment. I'm sure most wrecks, if people were honest, happen. Why? Because we are distracted. We're not paying attention. Um, we get too comfortable, complacent. There, there's a lot of reasons why people wreck, but I would say the most often the reason why people wreck or get in a car crash is because they're, they are distracted. Their eyes are not focused on the road. They're not paying attention. Um, this is always scary to me. Like when somebody says, you're like, Hey, well, what happened? And you're like, I don't know what happened. What were you, what were you looking at? Did you see, I mean, so, and you know, and we'll look in, in a minute talking about blind spots and different things like that. You know, that sometimes we don't see those things coming, but, uh, most of the times if we're, if we're paying attention we know what happens, but sometimes it's somebody else's distractedness that causes our life to collide, you know. Um, so uh, distractions, they can be practically dangerous. Not paying attention to what's going around us uh, while you're in a vehicle, it can lead to a dangerous situation. Agreed? Um, if you've ever wrecked, you know, it can happen to anyone. So um, how many of you, I, I know it's happened to me, I'll paint a little bit of vulnerability here this morning, but uh, if you've ever been at a stoplight, it's red, so I'm stopped, I'm not going anywhere, and, and you lean over to look at your phone real quick, and all of a sudden you hear a honk from behind, and the line that was in front of you is long gone. 
Maybe you've been the one behind honking, but I've been the one that straight up got left. I'm like, oh, okay, got time to go. You know, um, distracted, right? We're, we're focusing on things that we shouldn't be focusing on, not paying attention to what's around us, all of those things. But just like being distracted with your phone or being distracted with what's going on inside the car, spilling your food, dropping your drink, spilling your coffee, you know, slapping your kids. What I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that happens that, that causes us to look right here and we're not paying attention to what's external. So just like we can be physically, uh, we, can, we can be in a dangerous situation physically by not paying attention. Have you ever thought about live, how living a distracted life, what it can do to your life spiritually? Because that's the point, that's the goal. Like if we are living a distracted life, what type of impact does it have in our lives when we are, when we are spiritually not focused, when we're, distract, when we're distracted by the things of life? So understand this, the devil desperately wants to distract you and I. He wants to keep us focused on all of these things that at the end of the day, do they really matter that much? Um, most of the time that I, when I see the devil kind of distracting me with certain things that I don't need to be paying attention to, he kind of cheats me out of a little bit of time for a little while. But then when I begin to look at it, it's like, man, why am I investing so much time, so much focus, so much of attention um, that it's robbing me of all of these things. But if the devil can keep you distracted long enough, he can actually rob you of achieving your destiny. Because we can be looking over here, looking over here, looking over here, and we never pursue that which God has called us to. We never arrive. We never get there. Can you imagine trying to get to a destination and you never get to the destination? How many of you would be frustrated with that? Well, where are you going? Man, I don't know. I'm just driving, turning and turning. Well, where are you going? I don't even know. Like, we don't do that, right? So spiritually, we should know where we're going. We should have a destination that we're pursuing. We should, we should have a plan. You know, um, I hope each of you have a plan when you leave this church today. Hopefully you got a plan to go somewhere, right? But I'll tell you what, if you're trying to go to Bay City and you take a right here instead of a left, you're going to end up smack dab middle of Sergeant run right into the water. So it's not just knowing where you're going, but it's paying attention to how to get there and make sure we're going the direction. We don't want to be distracted. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been on a trip with a co-pilot that sleeps the whole time. Um, but let's, let's say you were going the wrong way. Your co-pilot wakes up and says, where are we at? And you look at him and say, I have no clue. <laughs> right? That would be a bad day. So we, just like we can get lost and we can be navigating the wrong direction and not knowing where we're at, we are at, we want to make sure that in life we know where we're going and we're not completely distracted by those things around us, uh, missing it, because the devil's ultimate goal is to rob us of our destiny by keeping us distracted. And if he can do it long enough, he can waste a lot of our time. Not saying we can't catch up, but it's going to rob us of the time necessary to probably achieve the fullness of what God has called us to. Um, I hope the longer we are serving God, the more we see that we've been able to be part of. Right? The longer I serve God, I hope it's not like, well, you know, I've been doing less and less for God lately. I hope that's not the case. The more that I serve God, the longer I serve God, that I see kind of a progression of the plan of God unfolding for my life. And God willing, we get closer and closer to our destination rather than further and further away from our destination. But to fulfill what God has for us, we must fix our eyes on him and keep moving towards him. Proverbs 4, 25 and 27, it says, let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. 
Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Proverbs 3, 6. In all of your ways, submit or acknowledge God. Acknowledge Him. And He will make your path straight. So submit your plans to Him. Direct your plans to Him. Allow Him into your situation. And then that promise that He will make your path straight. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Um, you know, what I see this when we talk about throwing away, getting rid of those things that slow us down. Has anybody ever driven with a flat tire and kept going with that flat tire? How long do you keep doing that? I mean, hopefully there was some tire left. Hopefully you weren't driving on your rim for too long because that's not how it's supposed to work. Um, but I think these things that hinder us, these things that weigh us down, it's kind of like a flat tire, right? You can keep going forward, but it's not ideal. You definitely can't go as fast as you normally would. And if you are, for whatever reason, the likelihood of crashing or wrecking is greatly increased. How do you not know you had a flat? I don't know why my car is doing what it's doing, but it's okay. I'm just going to keep going. Like you're hitting rumble strips, but you're in the middle of the freeway. Come on. I mean, it can happen. Um, so when we throw off those things, we want to make sure that we are not continually driving, you know, in that configuration, knowing when something's wrong, but getting rid of those things that are going to slow us down, that are going to prevent us from, from accomplishing and getting to that destination, but getting there safely. Right? You know, we want to get there safely. We want to get there uh, on purpose. We don't want to just say, hmm, I wonder how I got here. But how do we do that? We fix our eyes on Jesus. We run the race of God with perseverance. We look straight ahead. We throw off anything and everything that hinders us from really slowing us down from what it is. So when we talk about these dangerous dealings, the, the, the common denominator in everything we've talked about, all of these dangerous dealings have the potential to slow us down or stop us from continually moving forward with God. That's why it's a dangerous dealing, being distracted, just kind of like, well, I just don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, um, like I said, I hope the more and the longer, the long, sorry, the longer we pursue God, the clearer it will become where we are going, what are we doing, and we will be getting closer and closer to that destination. But remember, a distraction is anything that prevents us from giving our full attention to something else. What God really wants is our full attention. He wants us paying attention. All right. So as we jump into this, is there something that has been distracting you personally from fulfilling all that God has called you to today? Now, don't blurt it out. Don't maybe even tell somebody yet. But think about that. Is there something that has been distracting you that you haven't been paying attention to, uh, you know, that you haven't been paying attention to God, but you've been focusing on this? You've kind of been distracted and, and you were really close to an error likely situation because of your lack of focus, because of the distraction. So think about that. So we're going to look at this a little bit uh, more in depth. So we're going to look at four ways to keep yourself from living distracted. And we're going to use a car, the car example all through this message today, okay? Um, because I think we can all relate to that. We can all understand that. So the first thing that you have to do when you get in a vehicle, guess what? You have to start the engine. Okay, you can sit there all day long and expect to get somewhere. If you didn't turn the car on, you ain't going nowhere. Now, has there been anybody that came the next day and tried to turn on your car and you were out of gas? 
You know, I had somebody first service that that happened to him. I was like, oh, man. Usually, you know you're going to run out and you go straight to the gas station or you're like click, 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 and you're trying, to, you're trying to on the fumes, vapors of the gas to get to the gas station. When you pulled into your driveway and you knew you were almost on completely empty and, and you turn off that car, first off, what are you thinking? We got people that like to live life on the edge and let that tank get that low. Got some right there, huh? Becky. Oh, my wife, man. She never ran out of gas. You never ran out of gas. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but, you know, that was mind-boggling to me. So, so we want to start the engine, but guess what? We cannot start the engine without having fuel in the tank. So what do we do? When we talk about starting the engine, what we need to do, we need to start our day off with Jesus. We need to crank up that relationship. We need to draw near to him. We have to understand that the word of God is what's going to put fuel in our tank to thrive, to live, to, to, to start our day off in the right direction. You crank the engine and there's no gas, guess what? If you didn't have a bad day, you're having a bad day now. So we want to make sure that that fuel in our tank is there, that we're full of what God has. So if we don't start our day off with Jesus, well, then what do we start our day off with? We start our day off dealing with the day all by ourselves. And guess what? When we do that, more than likely the devil is going to set us up for a bunch of frustration. How many of you know that even when we start with Jesus, you get frustrated? It's even more to a disadvantage when we start that day and we haven't spent any time with the Lord. We haven't really done that, you know. Um, so starting our day off with Jesus really puts our priorities in place and it allows us to set up the rest of the day to be full of God. So I'll tell you what, Jesus and coffee go hand in hand at our house. Now, some of us rely on to find Jesus in that coffee cup, but it doesn't work that way. You want to you spend time with Jesus, then drink your cup of coffee. Don't be looking for your cup of coffee to do what only Jesus can do. Now, we want to make sure that that is the first thing we do. I'll, I'll just let you into my life a little bit. One of the things that I do every morning, uh, we have Alexas everywhere in our house. Man, there's a lot of cool things. Everybody's like, they're listening. Well, I was like, well, if they're listening, then this might be listening. And everybody's listening. Okay, listen to whatever you want. Okay. Big brother type stuff. I don't really care. Alexa is a benefit to my life. So what I've done in my bedroom, I set up automations and different things like that where all I say, I say, Alexa, good morning. My light over by my prayer chair, reading chair, light turns on. Not super bright, but just enough to be like, boy, get out of bed. It's time to wake up. And then I have this nice, peaceful, relaxful, no, no lyrics, just kind of this ambient, real peaceful kind of prayer music. And it just, ooh. It sets the room. And I'll tell you what, I'm not a morning person. I was talking to my grandma and she says, well, you know, usually when you get older, well, but you're kind of old, so maybe you'll never become a morning person. <laughs> it's kind of how that went out. So I'm not a morning person. I'm a night person to the core. But I'll tell you what, when I start the day like that, often what I do, I don't tell my family I do this, but I don't get out of bed till I say, God, I invite you into my day. You know, I may not pray as much as I should today, Lord. I may not read your word as much as I should, but Lord, I invite you into my day. And I kind of get that place of where I've already invited him in. I've already started the engine with allowing him into my life. And, you know, in that moment, his presence shows up. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have challenges. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have setbacks, but it invites him in. Now, hopefully that will lead to me getting up. Go getting a cup of coffee and walking back to that space that I've created for that intimate time with the Lord. To pray, to read, to study. Um, now understand, I'm a pastor, so I prepare every single week. But you know what that morning time is for? It's not for you. It's for me. 
So that's the hardest part. It's like, well, don't you pray and you study all the time? I do, but it's different. I'm preparing for a message. I'm not preparing. I'm, I'm not spending time just for my sanity and my relationship with the Lord. It's such an interesting, but can you, can you be fed off of what you prepare for people? Absolutely. But it is more beneficial to my life to spend time in the presence of God just for me. Because out of that will come the overflow in here. Right? If your pastor's bleeding out, if that cistern is just dripping out, you're like, well, pastor, you didn't have nothing to pour out this morning. It's like, right? It's just as important to me to make sure that I'm healthy, that I'm whole, that I'm starting my day off with Jesus in a way that, uh, you know, allows him into the situation. Okay? But in order to start our engine, what did I say? We got to have fuel in the tank. We, we fill up that spiritual tank by being in his presence, feeding on his word. Matthew 6, 11 says, give us today our daily bread. The New Living Translation says, give us today the food we need. What is the food we need? That's scripture, right? That's the reading of his word. That's being uh, in, in his presence. That's worshiping for a little bit. It's, it's in making sure that we are feel, filling ourselves with those things that are spiritual. But the two words I want you to pay attention to is that it says, today, give us this day our daily bread. This is, this is not something that we're supposed to do just once a week. This isn't like, hey, show up on Sunday, get full, and then starve the rest of the week. This is a daily act of saying, Lord, this morning I get up. And I would say, assess your spiritual fuel gauge. If you're like right there living on faith in a prayer and you're in the red, you're in a bad spot. I've noticed spiritually, if you get less than half full, you're going to start having problems. I know in your vehicle, you're like, oh, I still got it, Lord. I'm going to be all right. But spiritually, personally, you're going to start breaking down if that cup does not stay full with God's presence. But for you to be able to start that engine, you've got to have that spiritual fuel in the tank. You've got to be close. You've got to be every single day plugging into that, that life source that God can only give. So don't allow yourself to get so busy that you don't make daily intentional time. I want you to think about that. Daily intentional time to focus your attention on God's plan for you. Every single day. What do you do every single day? Do you spend time with God? Do you, do you fill up your tank? Do you, do you focus on those things? But understand this, just because we've started our day off with Jesus doesn't mean that we won't need to pay attention also to what's going on around us. So number one, start your engine. Number two, adjust your mirrors. Now, I tell you what, I don't adjust my mirrors unless my mother-in-law has driven my truck. She moves everything. Like the, I don't know if it's the seats higher, the seats lower. I get there and I feel like I'm in a brand new vehicle. I can't see anything around me. So... When that happens, what do I need to do? I need to adjust the rear view mirror. I need to move the sides. I'm trying to figure out what happened. But I should be able to assess by adjusting my mirrors all of those things around me rather quickly. I think they say the rule, it should take you two and a half seconds to look at every mirror. So what that means, I can look right here, 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 forward. And I, I, I can see everything around me that quick. If you're kind of like this, your mirrors aren't adjusted right. And, and so we understand that the mirrors around us, it, it helps us first and see the things around us, not necessarily just in front of us, okay? So we understand in vehicle safety, sometimes the risk is not right in front of us, but it's what's behind us and what's beside us. So when we talk about spiritual eyes and spiritual focusing, we want to not just see what's ahead, but we want to see what's in our blind spots, 
Now, the danger of a blind spot is just that. It is a blind spot that you can't see. And I explained this first service. I'm going to explain it this service also. But a blind spot means that they're, they're not so far back that you can see them in the mirror. And they're not so close that you can look right out your mirror and see them. But they are in kind of the vicinity of if you move into the right lane or the left lane, you're going to hit them. But you cannot see them in your mirrors. Now, we have these fancy cars nowadays that they have blind spot detectors, and I'm kind of jealous of those guys. Like, I like to drive in their blind spots so I can see that light turn on. It's like, man, I wish I had one of those. But I'll tell you what, if that light is illuminating and you're bumping people in your blind spot, there's nothing more that the manufacturers can do for you. You could have used your mirror. You could have seen your light. But let me tell you what, seeing what's in your blind spot only works if you use the mirrors. Just like being led by the Spirit of God, it's, it's only going to help you if you pay attention, if you listen, if you kind of pay attention to what's around you. But you have to focus on where you're going, fix your eyes, adjust how you see the things around you. Don't be naive that it's going to be okay. I think sometimes we do that. It's going to be okay. I started my day with Jesus. Guess what? You ain't served the Lord long enough if you think just because that happened that your day is going to be perfect. We have an enemy of our soul that is striving to destroy and rob and distract every area of our life. You can be doing everything you need to be doing. Hands on 11 and 2, driving Miss Daisy, going right where you're supposed to be going. All right, let's try this again. Sideswiped. What are you going to do when something happens? You're just going to stop and be like, all right, I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm going to go home. See y'all later. <laughs> or you got to get your composure. You got to figure it out and keep going. And isn't God cool how he's cre he creates your creative mind just to roll with the punches, keep on rolling? Um, so we want to see what's in those blind spots. We want to know what's around us. Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So renewing your mind with the word of God, it helps you to think like God thinks. It allows you to know what's right and what's wrong. So it's kind of like a red light, green light. Anybody ever seen a red light and said, let's forward, this seems like fun. Shouldn't, right? When you see a red light, you know you should stop. Slam on the brakes, whatever. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, Jesus. You ever had one of those? Pulling a trailer or you're like right there. You're like, oh. Or you're looking over your shoulder, breaking rules, breaking laws, all of those things, right? But we know that red means stop, green means go, right? So we want to be able to, to pay attention to those things around us. But those scriptures will help illuminate those things around us just like those blind spot indicators. They will show us what we can't see in the natural. The red light will tell us when to stop. But also the peace of God's presence will allow us to progress forward as we know the will of God. When I know where I'm going and what I'm doing, it's easy. Right? But sometimes we're like this. My grandpa used to tell me, he says, where are we going? I'd ask him all the time. We're just turning and turning. But our spiritual life looks like that sometimes. Where are we going? I don't know. I'm just turning and turning. Well, where are you getting? 
Not getting nowhere. A whole lot of right turns will get you right back where you started, right? So uh, understand that you just, you, you sometimes we kind of mull around like that. We don't really know where we're going. We need to see where we're going. But as we renew our mind, it gives us the clarity we need to move forward and know where we're going and what we're doing. So God's word will illuminate these things that we can't see. So what's in your blind spot that you can't see that the spirit of God even today is illuminating that is a distraction in your life and you are just one move away from running right into it? Now, sometimes we feel like, oh, I hadn't wrecked yet. Man, I I think I read a statistic that 90% of people think they're better drivers than everybody else. Well, somebody's wrecking, right? You know, but everybody I think is over confident in their ability to drive well. And I would say any confidence that you have in your ability to naturally navigate spiritual things well is going to lead you to a place of wrecking. For us to navigate well spiritually, we have to be connected. We have to have those mirrors adjusted. We have to not only see what's in front of us, but we need to see what's beside us. And how many of you heard about people getting rear-ended? Sometimes it's important to know what's right behind you. That doesn't mean that we spend all of our time looking at the rearview mirror of life, but we also need to, you know, I've done that before. When somebody's coming, I'm like, oh, I got to move it. I'll hit that gas pedal or I'll move over. You ever done that? When they're, whoa, it's like, sucker. Like I'll move over, let them pass me, and I get all my spiritual things flowing because I want to say things. I'm like, man, I got kids in the in the car. You know, I'm talking about. But I saw them coming because I'm paying attention to my mirrors. So it is a defense mechanism. It's something that's helpful, but it will only illuminate those things around you if you use them, just like God's word. We need to apply those things. So we need to start our engine, number two, adjust those mirrors, focusing on what we can see. But then it's not just that we're looking to the left and the right and what's behind us, but we have to keep our eyes on the road. So that's number three. Keep your eyes on the road. Proverbs 4 says, let us look straight ahead, fixing our gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to your paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. So um, I know in Bay City there are some roads that, man, really need some work. Um, If you could avoid those, I usually avoid them. I say, man, I'm not even going to go that way. But sometimes we have to navigate that way. So it's one thing to see a pothole and avoid it. It's another thing to be traveling and hit a pothole that you didn't pay attention to. Right. So now how many, how many of you know you can learn from both situations, right? Uh, you, you, can, you can see them and you can navigate around those things, but you can also learn a hard life lesson by hitting that pothole. Now, God forbid you hit that pothole and you got a flat or did damage or all of those things, but God will use both. He will use when you're paying attention. He will use when you're not paying attention. But the key is to, for us to focus on moving forward. It is focusing on that forward progress. It's paying attention. It's fixing our gaze before us. Um, it's thinking about the course before we get there. Right? If I'm going to get, if I'm going to go here, then how do I want to get there? Because how many of you know there's often many ways we can travel? to get to the same destination. But I believe that what God wants us to do is really redirect us or to avoid the potholes of life. You know, shame on you if you know the potholes there and you're like, watch this. I mean, like, for those of you who do that, you don't purchase tires. And some of you young people don't understand. They're like, you have to buy tires? Yes, you have to buy tires and they're expensive. I can tell you what, man, buying expensive vehicles and tires, I I quit doing a lot of the stupid stuff that like I didn't realize cost so much if you mess up. I just don't like repairing and replacing and but 
Nonetheless, if we are not careful and we're not aware, those things that we're not paying attention to, we're not, don't keep our gaze down the road, we will hit those potholes and it will greatly affect everything else. Um, understand that the direction of your gaze will determine the course that you go. I remember when I was in driver's ed, oh man, it's long, many, many moons ago now, like I barely remember it. But I remember uh, looking to the right, and I guess when I look to the right, like I would veer to the right. How do I know this? Because that, that, that instructor grabbed the wheel and he just put me right. He said, keep your eyes straight ahead. Because the direction we gaze often is the direction we travel. Now, I got a bad habit. I'm sorry I'm telling you all my habits like driving. You're like, I'm never riding with you ever, Pastor. But looking at deer or whatever, man, I'll keep my head looking this way. You know, I'm, you know country roads. But guess what? Ain't nothing in front of me. Ain't nobody behind me. I've checked on my blind spots. I'm just enjoying the country road, right? You know, but, you know, be looking left, looking right. And, you know, um, but the the direction of our gaze is going to determine the direction we go. So we have to realize that what is, what is the direction of your gaze? What, you know, and that's why, like, if I'm distracted by something, I'm looking at that distraction and I'm not looking at the destination that God has called me to travel. Maybe I'm completely missing it. Now, I may get there, and I think God gives us a little bit of grace along the way where, like, you know, as long as, you know, I mean, I don't, like, never look forward again, but, you know, you'll kind of, everybody knows, if you've been driving, you understand if you've been driving, you know, it's sometimes boring. It's boring driving. Like, ah, everybody's sleeping, and you're the only one driving. Like, what are you supposed to do? And there are a lot, too. But keeping your eyes focused, uh, looking forward, staying engaged. Um, understand that there are dangers along the way that can hinder your progress and trip you up. So it says, think through the path you take. Be, give careful thought. Um, what is it, you know, that, that you're dealing with that you feel like is a distraction right now? You know, I kind of started with that question, but be thinking about that. I hope that this morning you identify something in your life that maybe the Lord's wanting to deal with this morning that has been a distraction and, is, and you're just kind of one trip away from... Or maybe wrecking. Um, but when you're looking ahead, we need to try to avoid the potholes rather than hitting them, them straight on. Um, keeping your eyes focused, giving attention to that. Um, distractions have a dangerous way of delaying forward progress. Um, the only way really to get away from being distracted is to intentionally make yourself focus. Um, I know, you know, if I've been driving a while, you know, you'll stop at a rest stop. You'll get a cup of coffee. You'll get up. You'll walk around. You'll change the AC to heat or the heat to AC, depending on what the temperature is outside. You'll roll down a window. You'll start chewing and spitting sunflowers. I will change up all kinds of stuff to keep myself engaged. And we want to make sure we're doing that spiritually. Also, making sure that those things that that are distracting us, uh, first and foremost, are something that um, we pay attention to. If it's really um, costing us a lot of time or maybe God has put things in our heart and we're not accomplishing those things, that's maybe when we should really evaluate, are these distractions around me really affecting me from getting to my destination? So number one, we want to start the engine. Number two, we want to adjust the mirrors. Number three, we want to keep our eyes on the road. Number four, keep getting closer to your destination. Okay, so think about that. If you're traveling and you're on a road trip and if the miles keep going up and the miles don't keep coming down as you try to get to your destination, know something's wrong. I mean, are we there yet? I don't know. It said 100 miles back then, back there, and now it's up to 160. Guess what? You got some major problems. First off, you're not listening. 
to the navigator. You're not following your GPS. Um, sometimes maybe the music's louder than the navigation system. And I think sometimes we do that in life where spiritually we are listening and we're focusing on all of these things that we cannot hear the voice of God directing us in our life. Hey, take a right turn here. Hey, exit right here. Hey, stop, go. Whatever it is that the Spirit of God is navigating, if we continue to miss our turnoffs, we got to start paying more attention. You know, uh, I mean, I think some, you know, think about it. If you're in the passenger seat and you're going on a really, really long road trip and the person driving keeps missing the cutoffs and they turn one hour trip into a three hour trip, how many of you are going to be really happy when you get there? <laughs> We're going to be really frustrated. And I think God sometimes towards us thinks, he's like, what are you doing, you big dummy? I said, take a right here and you just lollygagging, focusing on the deer and the scenery and, the, and whatever music was on the radio. That we missed the cutoff, we missed the turn. Um, but I would challenge you just keep getting closer to the destination. It doesn't really matter where you've come from, but be thankful that you are getting closer and closer to your destination. Cause some of us have been traveling this road for a long time, but I hope you are getting closer and closer to that destination of what God is calling you to and what he's leaning you towards. So staying focused on the destination, it helps you to get closer and closer to where the Lord is leading you to. Um, the question I have for you is, do you know where you're going? about that. Do you know where you're going? What does God have for you next? Right? So think about it. When you're leaving church, where are you going to go? I don't know. I'm just going to drive. Good luck with that. And you can end up in Van Vleck, Sergeant, or Bay City. Or you go this way, you're going to 521 in the middle of cow pastures. Where are you going to go when you leave? Like, you know, no, most people do not say, well, I don't know. You're going to go to the restaurant or you're going to go home. Right? Are you going to go to a friend's house? You, you know, everybody knows where they're going when they leave, right? Yeah. You don't just say, well, I don't know. I'm just going to drive. We, when we know where we're going, it will help us get there. If we don't know where we're going, we need to ask the question, where am I going, God? What am I doing next? Uh, ask me, what am I doing next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? I mean, I know I'm coming to church, but the details, I have no clue. Most of us don't think that far, but I'll tell you what, if I know what I'm doing next, and then after I accomplish that, I know what I'm doing next, and I accomplish that, and I keep following those things as the Lord leads, guess what? I can rest assured that next week I'll still be on course getting closer to the destination, rather than further than from the destination in which God is leading me to. Um, so know where you're going. If you don't know where you're supposed, what you're supposed to be doing or where God is leading you in this season of your life, ask God for that direction. If you're a student, guess what? You're probably going to school and God's called you to make good grades. If you're a senior, guess what? God probably wants you to graduate this year. If you are a child, he probably wants you to honor your parents. Right? Kids, you want me to pick on the parents a little bit more? You're like, thanks, guys. Like, if you are a parent, you're supposed to be leading and teaching your children in the ways of righteousness. If you're a husband, you should be honoring your wife, loving her as Christ loves the church. If you're a wife, you should be, or a lady, you should be teaching the younger women what it means to be honorable, respectful, modest, all of these things. You want me to keep going? There's plenty, plenty of things that we should know what we're doing along the way. How do we know those things, Pastor? Like, you're just making them up? Nope, I'm telling you what's in here. This is the road map of life. I can guarantee you that anything God asks you to do, it will not, it will not, it's going to be consistent with what's written in Scripture. A lot of times the Spirit of God will clarify those things that might have been cloudy in Scripture. 
He'll help you understand those and, and apply those things. But he, his ultimate goal is, allow, is to get you closer and closer and closer to, to the destination in which he's called you to. So if you don't know what to do and you don't know where you're going, ask God for help. Ask him to give you clarity in regards to where you're going so you will reach your destination. So why are distractions really a dangerous dealing anyway? So danger number one is really that it, it really hinders you from hearing the voice of the Lord. Distractions will cloudy your perception, your, the, the clarity of hearing his voice, all of those things. Proverbs 16, 9, it says, in, in, in their heart, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So we make our plans, but God guides and directs our steps. Um, we might not know where it is that we're going, but we must be diligent and ask God to firmly and secure, securely establish our steps for us. Say, Lord, I, man, I think this is where I'm going, but establish my steps, redirect my path if you need to. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, if you keep missing the turnoffs, you've got to pay more attention as you move forward. Figure out what it is that has been distracting you. So I'm going to give you a list of 10 things that, uh, and this was just kind of a, a quick Google search of what are the things that we deal with that, that caused our lives to be full of distractions that really rob us from God's best in our life. Number one, money. I mean, that, that, we knew that one was going to be on the list, right? You know, chasing after money, the pursue, pursuit of money, loving money, all of these things, chasing the next dollar could be something that really distracts us from really doing what it is that God calls us to. Media. Media is a huge one. Um, it can distract us. I mean, most of us are stuck on our phones way more than we should. Um, it's a great tool, but it can be a horrible trap. Um, my kids really don't like that uh, I just put both of their switches on a app that controls their time that tells me how long they've been on it. And I said, in one push of a button, I can shut your world down. <laughs> and, and Sam's like, dad, are you going to cut it off today? It's like, man, like it's this lifeline. Like, or, you know, but it can be a distraction. You know, uh, I, I mean, I've seen it in our own family. Um, I try to be disconnected, but I'm guilty also, but I'll give you one example. My wife loves me, and I'm going to share this example, but sometimes, you know, I'm in the living room. Everybody's on their electronic device, and I just send her a text. I'm like, hey, how's it going? She's like, fine, I'm watching this show. <sighs> Relationship, flush down the toilet. Like, we're just disconnected. Everybody's distracted with this social media. You know, I mean, sometimes, you know, and I'm, I probably will do it one day. You know, my girls aren't in here, but like, I'm going to just walk over there to that router and just unplug that joker and watch the whole world crumble. <laughs> YouTube ain't working. My device ain't working. My YouTube channel, I can't stream. <laughs> right? Media has a big deal of, of keeping us distracted. Number three, church and religion. What does that mean? Because you're like, what is it, how does that apply? That's trying to be right, doing what's right, just going through the motions, and you're not really pursuing a, a relationship with God. Um, trying to be perfect is tiresome. Like, you know, I thank God that he doesn't desire perfection. Uh, he just desires progress in our life, right? But just coming, you know, it, coming to every service does not save you. Coming to every event, like we got fasting week this week, you know, Monday through Saturday. It is going to be a long week. Not saying it's not going to benefit you, but it's not going to save you to show up every single week and do penance for your horrible life prior to a fasting week. It's not going to fix all that, right? Now, we know fasting what? It changes us. It just doesn't change God. But, you know, we can get focused on just all of these religious things that we kind of miss the point of just having that relationship with God. Um, relationships. Now, relationships are a big deal. Um, 
you know, I've, I've seen people pursue relationships and say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date this guy and I'm going to win him to the Lord. Man, that's a rough path. Like not saying it can't happen, but man, you, a relationship can drastically redirect the destination that God has for you. Not saying it can ruin your life, but kind of. You know, if you, be, if you take that as this is God's plan, this is God's will, but it's not. When you hit the dead end road of whatever route you took, you're gonna, it's going to be a hard road back. Because you chose that. God didn't choose that. So uh, make sure our relationships are healthy relationships. They're God relationships. Uh, don't be distracted in these relationships if God is not leading you in that, in that relationship. Okay? Um, routine. Sometimes just what we do on a regular basis can distract us. Oh, I'm going through the motions. Then I do this and I do this and I do this. In that, re in that um, routine, is there room for God? Maybe yes, maybe, maybe no, but you can be so strict that you don't leave any time for God. Um, our work, our work can kind of become our God. It can be what we're focusing on, what we're driven towards, but we want to find God through our work, not work leading to God, right? We want to, we want to be a Christian that's working in the oil field or, you know, in the hospitals or in the schools. We don't want to find our identity in what we do. We want to find our identity in God and plug that into our work. But well, we can pursue work as our God and just like the, we, we thrive to, to be our position or whatever it is. Our hobbies. Hobbies are good, but man, you can get crazy with them hobbies. Live and breathe hobbies, right? That's all you're thinking about, all, you know, and you're kind of like in an unhealthy manner distracted with that. Um, desiring a blessing from God more than God himself. What I, what I communicate that as, it's more pursuing the hands of God than it is the heart of God. God, give me this. I want this. And it's like... Don't you even want to know who you got the gift from? We kind of encourage our kids. Like, that's why we're like, hey, read the note first so you know who the gift is from. Right? Sometimes we just want to enjoy the gift, but we don't really know the giver of the gift. And we're so focused on receiving these things that we miss the point of that relationship. Okay? Um, this one made the list. Our ministers, pastors, and youth leaders. So what that is, is we can be so distracted or we can kind of have that misbalance in our life that you 100% depend on us to, to, to feed you everything you need for your spiritual life. Tell you what, I can't cram enough down your throat this morning to survive you for a week. I can give you a lot to chew on, but it's going to be up to you to every single day start your engines, get full of the presence of God, um, to, to do that on your own. Um, you got to learn to feed yourself. Okay. And then ourselves, that definitely makes the list. Cause there are a lot of times we just get in our own way. We say, I do what I want, when I want, how I want to do it. And then God's like, good luck with that. We all have been there. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're really allowing God to go in front of us rather than ourselves in front of God. Um, if you have to keep backtracking, I'm going to reiterate this one more time and you're not paying attention and you are distracted, um, it's time to grow. It's time to be, do better. It's time to pay attention to why you keep missing the turnoffs or the cutoffs. Understand this, and I said this once, remember, it's not about perfection, but it is about progress. Um, if you are getting closer and closer to your destination, I would applaud you that you are probably doing well. But if you find yourself getting distracted and moving further away from that, I think you should really... Um, think about what it is that's distracting you. Now, along the way, sometimes things just happen as part of the journey. You hit, a, you hit a nail, you get a flat tire, you hit a curb, or somebody hits you. Like it, it's, gonna, it's gonna happen as we walk this life. Um, but understand, even in the journey, Jesus is there to help us out and get us moving again, okay? 
Um, so today, if you have really feel like you have been living a distracted life, today God wants to change that. He wants to recalibrate. He wants you to refocus your attention. Um, and that's something that, you know, hopefully you, you want to do today. So I want to give you each a chance to ask God to deal with those areas that maybe you find yourself being the most distracted with. Now, how many of you right now, you know what that is? You ain't got to lift it up all the way. Just kind of like, be like, yeah, as you were talking about this, Pastor, there was a few areas that God really kind of brought to my attention. But here, as we ask the question, how many of you today identify something that you've been distracted by? But here's the real question. How many of you today know what that is and you would be so bold to ask God to help you with those things? Because that's really when it begins to change, right? For you just to say, oh, look, I'm distracted by this. And that's it, that you really don't change to being a more focused person, but you just continue to be distracted. So I got prayer teams available this morning. Can you go ahead and stand with me? But uh, if there's a specific area that you want somebody just to agree with you in prayer, we have prayer teams available. If the Lord's just doing a work right there where you're at, great. I just want you to be led, you know, as I pray over you, that whatever it is that you may be walked in, distracted with, that you would leave that here and you would go and not be distracted with those things anymore. Now, the one thing about getting somebody to pray with you or telling somebody about those things that are really distracting to you, do you realize when you tell somebody, they can kind of help you, hold you accountable a little bit? Hey, how long you been on your phone this week? That's the first question. Then the second question, how, long, how much time did you talk to your wife this week? It's a great question. I texted her three times. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, finding that balance, you know, in our lives because the ultimate goal is to reach the destination that Christ has set out for us. So I'm going to pray over you. And if that's you and you want special prayer, we got prayer teams available. I'm going to pray over you and then we'll be dismissed. All right, Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you, God, that you can show us what those distractions are in our life. And Father, you don't reveal those things because you're a mean, cruel God, but Father, you reveal those things so that we can focus on those things that are truly important to your heart. So God, I ask that as we remove those distractions, Father, we would begin to move forward in all of the things that you've called us to. God, I ask that we would move closer and closer to our destination of what you've called us to. Lord, if we don't know where we're going next, that you would give us clarity in where we're going next. And Father that we would just get closer and closer and closer to you. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in the area of distractions in our life. Father, that you're helping us not be so distracted. And Father, that today we'd move a little bit closer to being a lot more focused on what it is that you want us to see and what you want us to do. I thank you for your grace and I thank you that when we ask, Father, that you begin to work and move in our lives. God, we ask you to do those things that only you can do. Change those things that only you can change. And Father, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do and how you're going to help us. That we would see what we need to see and we would travel where we need to travel and we would accomplish that which you've called us to accomplish. Father, I bless your people under the sound of my voice. I ask that you'd go with them as they go from this place. And Father, we expect great things in our life because you are a great God. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City 
or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.